Around the year 42 AD, legend has it that a boat without sails or oars came ashore in the small fisherman's village of Saint-Marie-de-la-Mer in the south of France. That boat had traveled from the Holy Land to France, and on it were a group of important people who were fleeing persecution from the Roman Empire. They were being pursued because of their close association with a famous spiritual master who had been crucified in Jerusalem. A man named Yeshua ben Joseph, known to his followers as Christ or the Savior. And there was one person on that boat that was particularly important. Her name was Miriam of Magdala, who later became known as Mary Magdalene. She was Jesus' partner, the person Christ had chosen to lead his ministry after his death. On that boat with Mary Magdalene were also Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Salome, Jesus' aunt, and Lazarus, Mary Magdalene's brother. Once in France, Mary Magdalene became a very famous spiritual teacher who was revered across the entire south of France. But as the Roman Empire closed in on them and her brother Lazarus was beheaded in the city of Marseille, Mary retreated to a cave high up in a cliff on the saint Baum mountain. Legend has it that she lived the last 30 years of her life in this cave. Now this story may seem totally wild to you, like a fictional tale out of a Dan Brown book or movie. Who is she? My dear, that's Mary Magdalene. The prostitute? She was no such thing. Smeared by the church in 591 Anno Domino Mary Magdalene was Jesus' wife. But the funny thing is, Dan Brown didn't fictionalize everything in his books. He was right on target with some facts, including who Mary Magdalene truly was. But if this story is true, then that leaves some important questions that I'll answer in this video. Who was Mary Magdalene really? Why was she so dangerous as a spiritual teacher? And what can she still teach us today, 2,000 years after her death? Before we get back to the rest of the video, I wanted to invite you to join my immersive community and coaching program, Heart Alchemy. Heart Alchemy can help you heal your deepest traumas, align with your soul path so you no longer feel lost, create meaningful connections with like-hearted people who truly understand you, free yourself from the energy blocks that numb you to life, understand what is happening to you during a spiritual awakening, train your mind to be still and focused, clear negative thinking patterns that hold your life hostage, and care for your body so it becomes a powerful instrument of your soul. The enrollment doors open only a few times a year, so if you want to join our powerful community and be supported year-round by me and our entire group of coaches and healers, click on the link below to learn more about Heart Alchemy. I hope to see you there. If you were raised Christian, you probably heard of the story of how Mary Magdalene was a prostitute that Jesus exercised seven demons from. But that's not true at all. Mary Magdalene was a wealthy woman from the ancient Jewish city of Magdala who was a benefactor of Jesus' ministry and also his partner. I'll get into how she ended up being seen as a prostitute in Christianity in a bit, but first let's understand why she isn't mentioned as Christ's wife in any of the texts that make up the Christian Bible. What many people don't realize is that after Jesus' death, Christianity was a forbidden religion with many different branches. Jesus' disciples split up and went their ways, teaching different variations of Christianity across the Holy Land. During this time, many of them wrote texts about their experiences with Jesus and how they interpreted his teachings. Other authors also started writing texts based on secondhand knowledge of Jesus' teaching that were passed on from generation to generation. 
Then in 325 AD, the Emperor Constantine wanted to consolidate power in the Roman Empire. And since Christianity was a popular religion, he became the first emperor to convert. And he also convened the Council of Nicaea, where Christianity would become the official religion of the empire, and they would choose the accepted text that would then become the Bible. Of the many, many Christian texts written over the centuries since Jesus' death, only four Gospels were accepted as the official texts within the Bible. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And here's where things take a wild turn. The newly formed church wanted everyone to follow only what was written in the chosen Bible, so they used their power, backed up by the Roman Empire, to burn and destroy any alternative narrative or story about Jesus. Thousands upon thousands of texts were destroyed, but thankfully for us, there were rebels within the church that didn't comply, especially the Egyptian Coptic Christians, who started hiding many texts, burying them or storing them in caves. Centuries later, many of these texts were found in places like Nag Hammadi in Egypt and other locations. Among the unearthed texts were some crucial writings that told a very different story of early Christianity that was left out of the Bible. Among those texts were three important Gospels, the Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of Philip, and the Gospel of Thomas. Yes, Mary Magdalene wrote a Gospel, and that text should be the most important text in all of Christianity because it was written by Jesus' wife, his closest disciple, the person who was his sacred partner and a powerful teacher in her own right. The Gospel of Philip confirms that Mary is Jesus' partner in this passage. The companion of the son is Miriam of Magdala. The teacher loved her more than all the disciples. He often kissed her on the mouth. Why was Mary Magdalene so dangerous to the church that they tried very hard to bury her teachings and destroy her reputation for thousands of years? There are three main reasons for this. One, she was Jesus' wife. She was Christ's partner, and we know from the text not included in the Bible that Jesus traveled with many women disciples and viewed them as equal to men. He saw Mary as equal and equally qualified to lead his ministry, which would have turned the patriarchal model on its head. Women were considered property at the time. Even some of Jesus' own disciples didn't like that Mary was considered equal to Jesus, especially one of his senior disciples, Peter. So Mary had to be erased from the record and considered less than to fit the patriarchal model of the time that didn't recognize women as anything more than property. But the fascinating thing is that she was not completely erased from the Christian story, and you can see clues about who she really is in the actual Bible. For example, the Bible tells us that Mary Magdalene anointed Jesus' feet with oil before his death. The act of anointing is the highest sacred act in all of Christianity, so it's strange that it would be an unimportant woman doing that. Mary is also present at the foot of the cross as Jesus is dying, also highly unlikely for an unimportant person in his life. But most striking, the Bible places Mary Magdalene as the first witness to Jesus' resurrection after his death. The first person Jesus comes to in consciousness after death was Mary. Odd, don't you think? So even in the official Bible, we see many clues that Mary isn't who she seems. Then in the year 591 AD, Pope Gregory I went further than even the Bible did by labeling her as a prostitute. She isn't mentioned as a prostitute in the Bible, so a pope decided to destroy her even more. That's how dangerous women were to a patriarchal model that still holds strong today, where women are not allowed in positions of power within branches of Christianity like Catholicism. 
The second reason is that her teachings focus on gnosis. Gnosis means self-knowledge or knowledge from direct experience. In reading her gospel, you notice that Mary and Jesus taught gnosis, the idea that you can experience God from within you and that you possess within you the answers, that you can be your own inner authority. They taught that you didn't need an intermediary to reach God and that you can find God, which the gospel of Mary calls the good, in your own heart. Mary teaches in her gospel that you can see God with the eye of your heart, that the heart possesses the vision of the soul, and through your heart you can experience the good directly. Do you see how dangerous this is for a power structure like Christianity to teach people that they have their own innate intuitive understanding and connection with God? If people were taught this, then there would be no need for religion. So these teachings had to be erased for Christianity to exert its power over people. Reason number three is that sin does not exist. Mary teaches that sin does not exist in the way that Christianity says. In her gospel, Jesus is quoted directly as saying something that could turn the entire Christian paradigm upside down. He says, there is no such thing as sin. So we're not born with an original sin that we need to atone for. We're not born sinful or bad. We're perfect in the eyes of God, and there's nothing we need to do to earn heaven or God's love. Mary and Jesus teach that sin is simply an act of forgetting who you are and acting from that forgetfulness. It's not something that you're born with and need to go to church to fix. This is revolutionary because it would remove one of the central tenets of Christianity, the idea that people need to be saved by Christ. No one needs to be saved because there's no one that is inherently sinful or bad. Once I started going down the Mary Magdalene rabbit hole, many things became clear to me and I felt a deep sadness that her teachings still have not reached the masses or even been rightfully recognized in Christianity. Here are my five favorite Mary Magdalene teachings that you can incorporate in your life too. The first one is Eye of the Heart. Mary, like Jesus, teaches that there is a vision of your life that comes from the heart. There's an eye in your heart where the soul sees from and all it sees is love. Mary focuses on a deep love that is never ending, like the love she felt for Christ, a love that was so strong she could see him and talk to him even after he died. The more you focus on your heart, the more you learn to see the world from it. There's a special cross in the Camargue region of France where the village of Saint-Marie-de-la-Mer is located, and that cross is called La Croix de Camargue. This is Mary Magdalene's cross. It's a very unusual cross that has a heart in the middle. This cross represents Mary Magdalene's teaching so well that love is at the center of everything. The second teaching is about descent, not ascent. Mary teaches that spiritual evolution is not going up and out of your body. It's actually descending and going inward into the heart. That your heart has so much depth to it, and that's where you're going to find God, or the good, as she says. The third teaching is anthropos. Anthropos means being fully human and fully divine at the same time. And Mary focuses on this in her teachings, that we are all both divine and human, and that being human is the whole point of being down here. We didn't come down to planet Earth to escape being human or think that being human is a punishment. We came here because our soul wants to experience life in a human form, and that doesn't mean we fall from God's grace down here. We can be fully human and fully divine at the same time. 
The fourth teaching is kenosis. Kenosis means detaching from the material world, including your own ego. And Jesus and Mary practiced this as a way of emptying themselves out so they could more easily become integrated with God. Detaching doesn't mean pushing away or judging the material world as bad. It just means that you're not attached to the material world. You're in this world, but you're not of it. The fifth teaching is called Ihidaya. Ihidaya is Aramaic for undivided. And this is a path that Jesus and Mary followed to become fully integrated as divine humans. To me, this means healing our traumas, everything that fragments or dissociates us, bringing all that to the heart, to God, making it all one. The more we heal within ourselves, the more undivided we become, fully integrated humans walking on this earth. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we all healed our traumas? And these lessons are only the tip of the iceberg of Mary Magdalene. If you wanna learn more, I recommend one book above all, and it's a book that helped make this video. It's Mary Magdalene Revealed by theologian Megan Watterson. I use this book like my own personal sacred text with many, many notes and post-its on it. But there are also other fantastic reads that will teach you so much about Mary Magdalene and her profound and revolutionary teachings. The Meaning of Mary Magdalene, The Gospel of Mary, and The New New Testament. And speaking of healing trauma, if you need help on how to do that, watch this video here about a big mistake we all make when trying to heal trauma and how to fix it.